0: Hello. This is the Sensitive Matters Podcast, a podcast bringing empaths, perceptive people, creatives, unique projects, and sensitive matters into the spotlight. Join us for meaningful conversations that inspire and have the power to gently create awareness around sensitive and important matters such as mental health, conscious consumerism, sexuality, spirituality, ethical business, and much more. I am Christina Zipperlin, founder of the ethical jewelry brand Ananda Soul. I'm a highly sensitive human who values community, creative and spiritual exploration, and ways to make a positive impact. I'm also a psychology student and mental health and LGBTQIA advocate. We're tuning in from the magical island of Bali. Where I've lived for over 12 years and is the home of my jewelry company that strengthens and gives back to the local community. Thank you for joining us for these conversations as we, together, explore sensitive matters. And now, enjoy the episode. Hello, and thank you for joining us for Sensitive Matters. This podcast is brought to you and made possible by Ananda Soul Jewelry. I created Ananda Soul in Bali over 12 years ago to offer heartfelt, intentional jewelry that works with the community I grew to know and love on the island that has become my home. Ananda brings creativity respect for Balinese ritual and a wish to give back to the local community to everything we do. To learn more about our story, ethics, and to receive $15 of your first order when you sign up for a newsletter, head over to anandasoul.com. Bodies come in many shapes, sizes, ages, and stages of life. As humans, we are often exposed to standardized perceptions of what a beautiful, strong, and healthy body and their features should look and feel like. Whether it is our own self-talk or the judgment of others, we easily find ourselves caught up in narratives that are not serving our sense of well-being and self-worth. This is why we created a precious little project that emphasizes individual stories around the human body and our everyday life with it. Welcome to a very special episode of the Sensitive Matters podcast. Her Stories, Life in a Female Body, is a series of episodes in which we have interviewed an incredible mix of inspiring women who stand for their own definition of beauty. In today's episode, I sit with my dear friend, Soma Temple. Soma is a mother and grandmother, and in this episode, she shares her story around moving through the ages and stages of someone who came of age in the late wild 60s and has been moving against the stream pretty much her entire life. She gives powerful insights into what it feels like to mature as a woman and to navigate different perceptions of society over time.
1: I love. I So,
0: well, trust what comes through. The intention is to explore any lessons, any memories, journeys, wisdoms around what it's like to be in these human vessels in the body of a woman and maybe we can just start with what does it feel like right now to be in this body of yours
1: the first thing that comes to mind is amusing amusing, <laughs> amusing. yeah as you watch the transformations and different things I'm, I'm amused sometimes by the feelings in the in the body and at this stage of my life you know it's um been through so much and yet at the same time still going and still having so much going on and it's uh, yeah i find it amusing it was the first word that came so i just trust <laughs> that <laughs> mm. <laughs> mm.
0: we'll we'll journey in a few different directions yep. and i'd love to start with um with the word beautiful or beauty when you hear that word what comes
1: up for you For me, the word beauty means the beauty of the heart. And that's where true beauty comes from. And that goes, the beauty of the heart transcends any age, any action, anything else. And outer beauty, outer beauty is beautiful. It's beautiful to look at but beauty from the heart comes from another place and it comes through even through the physical body in a much more beautiful way. So for me, beauty is really an expression of the heart and of love and of all those things that the heart and love brings to us as opposed to the outward body. The outward body for me is, yeah, it changes and um, you see beauty, but it's only skin deep. And there's a lot of beautiful people to look at that ha- don't have beautiful hearts. And so for me, beauty is always, yeah, what comes from the heart. Mm. Mm. The heart of God, even, is the beauty that he created on the planet. And all the beauty that we see, it comes from the heart of God. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> has that understanding always been there in that way? Or has there ever been a different understanding of what is beautiful for you
1: Mm. i think it's deepened over the years for sure into that but even as a young person teenager young adult i never was concerned about my physical body and the beauty of it it was not something i was kind of surprised when people would sometimes say oh you're so beautiful i'm like Really? Like, I don't know. I always kind of sensed that who you are and your inner being was what attracted me to people, what attracted me to situations. And it wasn't until I was maybe in my 40s where I started becoming a little concerned with beauty on the physical side. Before that, I was like, "Ah, just doing my thing. (laughs) You didn't really pay much attention, you know, to it. So, yeah, it's something I think I came in with like a deep understanding of true beauty. So
0: When you say it's something I think I came in with, like that just innately has been there from day one, or do you feel there's anything around your upbringing that might've like protected that or cultivated that?
1: Well, I was in a very protected environment. I was in a born-again Christian family, and very um, contained and controlled in many ways, and what I could do, what I couldn't do, and being extreme rebel at a young age. Um, but yet, something in all of that really spoke deeply to me. And so I just clung to that as opposed to um, looking to the outside. I always kind of looked inside from a, a young age with something that I always knew outside wasn't going to give me what made me happy, what made me fulfilled. And, yeah, and growing up also with a mother who was um, mentally ill, I had to really look deep inside myself and just was become strong in that and recognize my own beauty inside that had nothing to do with my circumstances, really. And so the certain things in the church, for sure, you know, they... Um, influenced me in a way, like I fell in love with Jesus, but the whole church thing was like, "Hmm? Um, no, this is not what he was saying. And so, but I kept quiet. I was a gentle child, a wild gentle child. I would do my own thing, but I was gentle in the way in which I did it. I was never really, yeah, I just was kind of calm and kind of, happy-go-lucky and yeah it wasn't a traumatic childhood even though it, it could have been for some people to be born in that situation where you went to church six times a week and you know you had certain lots lots of rules couldn't do this couldn't do that and and yet I don't know I just fell deeply in love with spirit with God with yeah even at a very young age like four even I was really in love with God but the church, I was a bit more like, hmm, I'm not sure they fit in there. <laughs> the box was too small. <laughs> but it gave a good foundation for that because it it taught me faith, it taught me depth and not to you know it wasn't like too much the commercialism none of that really affected my life at a young age it was more spiritual even though i didn't resonate completely with what i was being taught it kept me safe in a way and out of really looking for a worldly um path was more yeah and so i always was thankful for it even with my mother being mentally ill it was great for me because i had to rely on myself and find out for myself what was true because what she said and things was a lot of times crazy so it made me have to stand on my own two feet at a young age and kind of find out for myself what was true and what i felt to be real yeah
0: Mm. yeah i can feel that that blessing in such a confusing way right Mm. it must have been at times and yet yeah the at such a young age.
1: Mm. And it was confusing because of other people's reaction. Like, they had pity. Like, oh, I'm so sorry. Our mother's like that. And It's like, the problem. She just has mental problems. It's not my problem. It's her problem. You know? and I feel sorry for her. I was never... I don't know. A lot of people had a lot of judgments around it. And, you know, kind of... But for me, it was like, eh. Which mm. I think gave me a lot of strength. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also resolve to stay solid, to stay grounded, to stay focused, because I saw that a lot of the imbalances in her were because she let her mind go too far in many directions. And so it was a good warning for me to stay here, hold the line, like, don't get too crazy, don't get too, you know, and so that helped a lot as a child. Mm -hmm. It's funny,
0: because there's, there's one question that, that um I had of you know the the beauty industry, the those the standards that we supposedly are um meant to follow. Just as you're speaking to me, that has the same energy. Mm. And so hearing you have to to be like, <clears throat> no, this is this is me. In a way it's crazy making, right?
1: what? crazy-making. Yeah. Like you should be doing this and this and it's yeah. contradictory almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, my rebellious side rebelled against all of that. Mm-hmm. I became a hippie. I didn't want to shave my legs. I didn't want to shave my armpits. I was like, let's be natural. No makeup. No. I went for it on that level and was like rebellious against all the beauty products, all of that. I didn't start using clothes maybe in my 40s, 50s. Mm-hmm. I was very... Um, into being natural and being just as like I want people to like me who for who I am, not for some painted face or some. Yeah, I don't know. I was very rebellious against it. I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. I tried modeling as a young girl. I was asked to model. I, I hated it. I, at one point, I was yeah, I would lose my heart and soul to this. There's no way. I did it, you know, a few times, and I was like, no, 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 it's not for me. This is not my uh, <laughs> my path. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So the rebel in me kept me away from buying into that whole thing somehow, and I'm grateful for it at this point. At one point, I woke up and thought. Oh, wow, everybody's mirroring makeup, everybody's shaving their leg. you know, I mean, I saw that, but I was like, I don't need to do that, you know, I'm, I don't know, I went into the hippie side of life, and, um, you know, it was the right era also, and uh, so I just rebelled against all of that, and I didn't want Barbies as a child, I was like, nah, women don't look like this, I was quite... uh, Yeah, it was quite, uh, I had another one that was more a a healthy female, she was Tammy, I think was her name now, and Pepper, yeah. And they are more healthy looking, you know, full body, they didn't have this tiny, tiny waist that, you know, in reality would tip over, you know. So I was attracted more to those kind of things, and also tomboy. You know, I was more into being, like, I liked, I felt boys had more freedom and less pressure put on them. And I liked that, you know, I didn't like that you have to wear dresses to church and you have to, I wanted to wear pants, you know, it's like, dresses are awkward, you know, people can see up your dress if you're not sitting properly. And I, I didn't like it, you know, so I had, yeah. So I really rebelled against that whole system, the beauty industry, all of that. I was like, no, 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 not for me. Mm -hmm. Still pretty much that way, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Although I do enjoy a good facial now and then, of course. (laughs) It's just relaxing more than anything else. Exactly,
0: for what reasons? Yeah. You did mention that like around your 40s, there was like suddenly a bit of an awareness around Mm. physical appearance and and those questions. Can you share a little bit more about that?
1: I think it came when, um, during the period when I ended up getting a divorce. And it was all of a sudden, I'm in my 40s, I've been married since I was young, I have three children, getting a divorce, all of a sudden it was like, oh, um, maybe I should you know, and I wasn't sluffy or, you know, weird. I mean, I was, I wasn't, I took care of myself always. I was always very healthy in this. But at that point, it was like, oh, maybe I, you know, to attract another man into my life or something that all of a sudden this, oh, I'm getting older and oh, you know, my husband's left me for someone younger. And I mean, all those things that came up. And that's when it triggered that in me to like, oh, maybe I should have been a little more or I should you know do this paint my face more do you know all those kind of things it didn't last very long but it did come up and I experimented with it and I just realized no 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 this is not really for me you know it's better to really focus on the beauty in the heart and that was pretty much my path and uh but it did arise in that time Understandably so, you have all this information like, oh, you're over the hill now, you're 45, you're going to be an old spinster, you're this, and yet I had, you know, kids. And so all of those things that society teaches you, you know, it arose in me, but it didn't last for very long. Mm -hmm. I would say maybe a year Mm -hmm. and played with it. But then I just moved out of the city and lived in a kind of remote area and just like unplugged from society and said, no, 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 this is, I know better.
0: Mm-hmm, right. yeah. So that was going to be my question. You say it didn't last long. Like what were some of the, what came through instead? And so like pulling yourself out would be one thing.
1: Um, for me, it was actually really deep experiences with my teacher, in India and the family that was created around that. There was a tremendous support for, that no one really cared what you looked like as much as who you were. And that really interested me, and it gave me the opportunity to unplug a little bit. The kids were older. One was in university, one was in boarding school, and the youngest one went back and forth between the two of us. So I had lots of time to really, for the first time, even though I'd been on a spiritual path for most of my life, it was the first time I could really devote more time to that. And I unplugged, I didn't work. I just moved out to the countryside. And people said, Oh, you're nuts. You can't live out there. You know, I said, Ah, watch me. You know, the Balinese live out there. I'm sure I can manage. And it was some of the best years of my life. And just, You know, walking on the beach, not doing business, not getting really involved in the world and really kind of retreating on many levels and just see what came into my life was so amazing and so beautiful. You know, I just had so many different teachers, different things that came in, different inspirations, and I just clung to that. You know, I got to surf a lot. I got to be on the beach every day. I was just got into the healthy, natural life. And. All of that kind of fizzled away, and I realized that, you know, I had one of the best lives ever. And so I think that's why it didn't last very long. There was maybe even like six months of kind of despair and kind of like, Ugh. And it was more for losing the family institution, which I really believed in and was taught from a young age in a born-again Christian family that this is number one in your life. And... um Losing that, I think, was really the true despair, and that finding, oh, I'm getting old, all those questions that came up, it was, yeah, maybe six months. But the ocean took care of that, the beach, and there was lots of men on the beach, you know, and I was the only woman out in this area. So it was kind of like, huh, life's not so bad. (laughs) That helped a lot. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and healing, you know, to just see, no, no, I'm not ugly, I'm not this, I'm not, you know, I wasn't thrown away because of that. It was more, it was a dis um, dissolution of that whole uh, institution because we were really into completely different paths. One was going for the more material plane, 100% in the beauty part and the all of that and the more commercial side of life. And I was heading more and more into the spiritual and natural, and natural way of being. And so that was really what pulled us apart. It was nothing to do with me aging or me being out of shape or any of that. It was, no. And so I quickly realized that, you know, and uh, had lots of support around that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lots of interested men at that point. And it was like, hmm, okay, this is not so bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love that.
0: So that was like, you know, you- you're like mid 40s, and you've lived such a rich, radiant mm-hmm. life. Like we could go into many, many corners of it. And I'm, I'm curious uh, around. You've navigated the, the initiation that is menopause, that shift, mm-hmm. right? And I'm wondering if you're open to sharing a little bit around that, like what that experience was like for you, and what's it like being like on the other side of it?
1: I think in the beginning it was a little bit um, disturbing because it does really affect your body. And for me, the biggest symptoms, well, I could never figure out if I was having hot flashes or not because I live in the tropics and it's hot and it was humid. And so you have a lot of sweat already. And so I never, that part, I didn't really bother me so much. But what I had that happened to me um, during that phase was I would wake up at about six o'clock in the morning in utter terror like it was like, oh, like the world's collapsing or my children are being arrested or there's going to be an accident or I mean something really like horrific and I'd wake up with this horror feeling and then I would like it's not real even though I'm feeling it in my body and I would just like Take off on those days, I wouldn't try to do anything of any um, like substance, like work or because I had started working again. I wouldn't work, I would go to the beach, I would just take care of myself and realize it was time to just nurture myself. I tried for a while to go on to like hormone replacement. It was um I forget the name of it now. Um, anyway, it doesn't really matter. But I had symptoms from it immediately. And I had been since a young age, since 18 years old, I hadn't taken any Western medicine. And so it was the first Western medicine that I had in my body. And my I was feeling really like I was having a heart attack. So I went back to the doctor and biodenticals, I think it was called. And it's it's a good system because it matches your own system and it works for a lot of people to bring them this kind of peace and this and that but i went back to the doctor and she just said i don't know, I think you're really like a candidate for this you know like i don't really know what to suggest here. she said but i feel something more natural is w- your way so i went the ayurvedic way and it took shatavari ashwagandha every day for years and that helped tremendously and that was kind of my anchor and and it worked for me it was a natural thing I understood kind of, you know, my system more through the Ayurvedic system. And that was what I went into. And it was just, it felt really good to me and also to my whole body to go through it in that way. And there are many aspects of it that were fantastic. It's like, yay, no more periods. You know, it's like I don't have to think about that anymore. And really embracing the wise woman coming in. And, you know, when you're younger, people... I always had a lot of respect from people, but also having three boys, a very macho, alpha male husband, you know, you're often put in your place and you either had to, like, rise up and be super, like, ah, or or like whatever. And it was a time in my life where I didn't have those influences so much in my life. And I had... A very beautiful boyfriend at the time who was very sensitive and very um, supportive. And so that was beautiful as I could watch the wise woman in me come allowed to blossom mm-hmm. and to really nurture that side of her because I knew that I had a lot of innate wisdom. But it wasn't ever really allowed to come out in, you know, different areas here and there, obviously, but never completely fully to really own who I am. And that for me was the most wonderful part of this process. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I look in the mirror and I say, oh, yeah, some wrinkles, more wrinkles and more, you know, like, but it's <sighs> like whatever, you know, it's like not everyone gets that privilege to get old. And so I really tried to look at it as a blessing and uh, um, initiation, initiation into, I don't like the word crone, it's used a lot because it has so many negative connotations. For me, it was like to find a wise, beautiful woman that sits in her own power, in her own beauty, and can share that to the world in such a beautiful way. You know, it's just such a gift for other women and also for yourself to finally come back to who you really are. And it's what it felt like for me. It was a beautiful process. I really enjoyed it, other than the terror waking up in the middle of the night. And that that went on and off for a couple of years, actually. But I was like, oh, hello, you're here again today. Oh, great. I just love hanging out with you, you paranoid bitch. You know, it was kind of like, but then I would work through it. But, you know, owning it and addressing it like, oh, you've come to visit again today. Ah, ah," You know, so Mm -hmm. that helped a lot Mm -hmm. um, to go through the process. And I think also just being immersed in a spiritual Life mm-hmm. that that also helped, you know. That I know that these bodies we are going to leave them, you know, and but who I really am is eternal, and so that helped a lot, also. And I think and I encourage every woman on to recognize that because then as the body starts to deteriorate, starts to fall apart a little bit, you know, what I mean, and you're getting wrinkles, you're kind of going, let's hmm, you know, it's like, Oh, god, like you know, but it's. It's Mm -hmm. beautiful to just know that, yeah, I mean, if you wear a pair of clothes or a set of clothes for, well, at this point, 68 years, it's going to get a little tattered and torn and a little bit rusty, you know, and all those kind of things, you know. So it's like that, that you're going to eventually take the clothing of the body off. And so to really nurture who you are from the inside, you know, that really helps a lot through that process. Because okay. that is what you bring with you, always. Mm-hmm. That doesn't die. The body is just a suit, you yeah. know, like a clothing that you wear mm-hmm. to be in this incarnation mm-hmm. and to be in this life.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. so <laughs> much. Hmm. have a couple more questions. You mentioned you mentioned your three boys. I also know that you told me like you you didn't think you were gonna be a mom,
1: mm.
0: right? So there was there was that idea, and then that clearly changed. Um, can you share a little bit about what that journey of becoming a mother, but like now being a mother mm. of adult men, and also having grandchildren, like how that has affected your your just understanding of also of your your own body and your beingness.
1: Yeah, it's true. When I was younger I thought, oh, I never want to have children. But then at twenty-three I became pregnant with my first child. And it was obvious to me that this was meant to be. And so after a few weeks of struggle and trying to it was a very new relationship also and so it was like, whoa, but once I embraced it, for me, it was the most natural process in the world. I embraced it totally and was I really enjoyed being pregnant and carrying, you know, these souls into the earth. And I felt this like bringing new souls here. And yeah, I was a tomboy growing up, so it was easy to have boys. I really wanted to have a little girl, which never happened. But I mean, now I have girls, I have three beautiful daughter-in-laws. <laughs> and I finally have a granddaughter, finally. <laughs> but um, I think I was the perfect mother for having boys because I was athletic. I love to do outdoor things, sports, this kind of thing. So that was really easy for me to join, jump in. And I kind of just Went with it and just became a mom and, you know, played baseball. I started the sports team at the Bali Island School. I mean, I was the one teaching them to play baseball and to all these kind of things, you know. And there was no one else to do it. And I realized that they needed this outlet. So I surfed with them. I did many things growing up with the boys. And I enjoyed because that was actually my nature. Was more of a tomboy and more athletic, more outdoorsy. So it was a perfect kind of a mom for a boy. And also my husband was super athletic. We had so much fun and, you know, adventures and wild times with the boys and all of that. And then it was interesting as the relationship dissolved to be hold these boys who naturally I think it's taught in the world that they side with the father sometimes he had lots of money he has you know was strong he was powerful he said what he thought he didn't care you know and he was quite ruthless on many levels and I saw that they felt like "Mm, I will always love them like I have this unconditional love but for the father where they have to prove that, you know, they're on his side, sort of. Not that they took sides, but it was a feeling of that they mm, acted in a certain way or they were um, more accepting of the things he did, even though they felt they were wrong. They accepted it and, you know, wouldn't allow me to fall into saying, uh, like being truthful with them about the reality of things. So I learned to just kind of, whatever, you know, like, okay, I can do this, you know. And I think what happened for me is it gave me tremendous strength to, in a way, I'm still going through this. I mean, even last night, you know, something comes up where you have this, this comment made at you that just shuts you down. And I was like, I could come up and like address this or I can just like, whatever, let it go and let it be their thing and not take it on. And it was really interesting. I came home driving. I'm like, man, they still do this, you know, like even though I know they tremendously they have tremendous love for me and tremendous respect for me but this on a daily basis you know the men are taught to kind of stick together with the other men and not support the women and not understand them in especially as a mother it's an interesting dance i find that sometimes i don't feel it with the grandchildren i feel much more acceptance um in a certain way and that they can be as close to me as they want without risking losing the love of the man and that's what I felt with the boys is that if they became too close to me they would lose the respect and the love of their father and so I understood it even though it was quite painful at times and still is There's moments where it's like, but, you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. because I know that I cling to the fact that I know how much they love me Mm -hmm. and do respect me. And it's just trying to, again, hold that line to be who I am, no matter who they are and not be affected by that, but always to just be who I am. And that's, I think, the biggest challenge in life, whether it's your kids, it's your husband, it's other men or other, you know. But I do find it interesting that more and more women are coming into my life of the age of my children that are so, it it brings tears, actually. Um, It's so touching because they, they hold me in a way that the boys never did. And I find that just so like thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's really beautiful to Yeah. Mm -hmm. See that? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You being one of them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I have them all around me and it's really fascinating. I'm like, wow, all the girls I never had, I now I'm having this and having this complete support and trust and love, you know, that, Mm -hmm. oh, you're an amazing human being Mm -hmm. and
0: uh, yeah Mm. which is beautiful yeah and we we've spoken about this but the divine orchestration of it right of like actually not having the baggage of being parent child in this lifetime because i lost my mom so young i've been yearning and calling in these these beings in that way and to just you know, how you started off, that, that knowing that you said you were born into with, of like, there's, to just rest into that, mm. there's a big way of being taken care yeah. of that we don't always sometimes see immediately. Mm. Mm. My last question is, and I'll expand that a little bit more because I was going to ask, <laughs> um, what, what is some of the wisdom that you would like to pass on to your to your grandchildren, around beauty, around their bodies, around this like inner knowing. But I'm going to extend that to your grandchildren, but also to these these beings that are coming into your lives mm-hmm. as like an extended family. So, just anyone that you're having in your environment right now that um, that is close in that way. Mm-hmm. What are what are some things that you would want to pass on to them, and then also having in mind your little granddaughter, especially?
1: I think for me, one of the things that I do with all my grandchildren, but especially my granddaughter, funny enough, but I always say, you are eternal. You're an eternal being. Remember this. When you get older, you're an eternal being. This is just a short synapse in the big scheme of things. And I say it to all of my grandchildren, and I also, instead of telling them that I love them, I also, you're pure love. You are made of pure love. And you're eternal. And I say this to them, to get them to feel that depth inside their own heart, because I think that's what will carry them through, into, through difficulties, through challenges, to remember that, yeah, who they are and the situation at this moment will pass. And there's lifetimes according to how i feel and believe and so just to encourage that at a very young age that you're eternal you will live forever who you really are will live forever and that's something that i like to share with everybody you know i just saw this video the other day that this guy goes you never die it's the truth nobody ever dies and i was like wow what a powerful statement, you know, like who we really are doesn't die. And I, so I tried to instill that in my grandchildren and also the people around me that, you know, this too will pass. This is make the best of it. Like we are, I feel like we're actors in a play, the divine Leela, the divine play of the gods, of incarnations, of karma, of whatever you want to call it. That. We all have a part to play and play it as well as you can because sometimes people can bypass and say, oh, we're eternal. I can do whatever I want because I'm going to live again. No, it's about taking responsibility in this life to be the best human being, the best incarnation, the best version of yourself in this moment because we're actors in the play. And if you're in a Broadway play, you want to be the very best version in that play. That's not who you are, but that's what you're playing at and that's what i always try to tell people is yeah Mm -hmm. be the best actor you can in your own divine play
0: (laughs) yeah oh Mm. thank you so much thank you for joining us for sensitive matters if you haven't had a chance yet please subscribe on spotify google podcast or wherever you get your podcast from And if you have a chance, please rate and review if you're listening via Apple podcast, as it really helps more people discover the show to listen to these incredible conversations. This podcast is brought to you from Bali and made possible by my ethical jewelry company, Ananda Soul. You can check out our website and all of our ethically handmade jewelry at anandasoul.com. You'll also receive a $15 gift card on your first purchase when you subscribe to our newsletter, so make sure not to miss out on that as well. Thank you again for joining us, and we look forward to sharing more of Sensitive Matters with you.